0: Of slush outside. I love the slushy weather that we're having. Uh, some would say it's snow. I'd say it's slush. But uh, hey, we're in uh, the final sermon of our story time series that we've been going through. And so if you're are new or newer with us, maybe you haven't been here for the story time, uh, we have busted out the old felt board or flannel graph, some would say. And uh, to, to be honest with you, I've never seen a flannel graph until this series in my life. I had no idea that these things even existed, to be honest with you. Uh, In my house, we have this little felt Christmas tree for the kids with little Christmas ornaments, and they can move those around. But I'll tell you, the light bulbs don't talk to us. So I don't know if the flannel graph is a thing that always talks back to you. It's been kind of weird, to be honest, uh, for me. Uh, But today, we uh, are continuing and finishing our series uh, where we get to talk uh, to King Darius. So we are moving into Daniel uh, chapter 6. And to give you a little bit of a background of what was going on, uh, we had uh, last week uh, King Belshazzar in the house with us. Well, at least on the board. And uh, he had some crazy things happen, some writing on the wall and Daniel had the opportunity to tell him, hey, uh, sorry bud, Uh, Belshazzar, you're gonna die. (laughs) Or as uh, whoever was interpreting that said, belly boy is going belly up. And so uh, that's what happened. And at the end of that, his reign obviously stopped because he was no longer around with us to reign. Uh, Then uh, the... Area was given over to the Persian and the Mede people, and then uh, King Darius was appointed to be the king at that point. And so, my question is uh, Darius, you with us today?
1: Listen here, Reverend Berkey. I'm here for you today.
0: Wow. Wow. I don't know what that accent is. He's the so brother here. of
1: Sean Connery.
0: Sean Connery. All right. I was thinking that maybe you were trying to be like uh, from. I don't know. I don't know. The mafia or something. But uh, here we have uh, King Darius with us. Uh, He looks just like a few other kings that we've had. um, But let me assure you, this is Darius. So, Darius, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing just swell. Thanks for asking. Oh, that's great. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, your reign uh, and how you got to where you got to where you are. Thank you for
1: the invitation. You're welcome. Uh,
0: I was placed
1: over the rule by King Cyrus of Persia. Okay. And so when I was ruling over the kingdom, I had 120 different governors who helped me
0: rule and reign. That's a lot of people. It's a big kingdom. Did you have anybody in particular that you liked more than the rest or that you trusted? One of my absolute favorites was Daniel. Oh, why was that?
1: because he was wiser, braver, and more honest than any of the other governors. And so I decided that I'd make him the first president and have him rule
0: over the whole empire underneath me. Interesting. I love that for him. And so, uh, as the story goes, there was a few people uh, that maybe weren't super impressed. Uh, I call them the jealous boys. And so, uh, are any of those guys in the house with us today? Yeah,
2: there's a couple of us here, yeah.
0: So, uh, jealous guys. Why... Uh, tell me a little bit about yourselves and why you were so jealous.
1: Well, we were the other governors and we and wise men of the nation and we thought that we should be the one who is the first president. Okay. Yeah. We thought that we should be the one who is the president of all of
0: the Babylon as well. Interesting. There's a
1: couple of us here today from the Jelly Boys.
0: Sounds like it. Sounds like there's a few of you uh, here. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, So why were you so jealous?
1: Well, Daniel was a goody two-shoes, and he didn't do anything wrong ever. And so we decided we're going to try and see if we could trip him up a little bit. Okay. Yeah, we decided we'd see if he'd lie
0: or cheat or steal or any of those things, and it turned out that he did not do that. So he didn't do those things. He was pretty good in his character and integrity, you would say.
1: Yeah, you could say that. We didn't really like him that much, but you could say probably if you wanted to be nice that he was a good guy or whatever. Okay, so what did you decide to do? So we decided to go back to the king, yeah? And then we decided that we would say to him, we have this great idea. And we talked to the king and then the king said to us, hey, what's your idea? And so we were listening and talking to the king, and uh, we said, how about this? Everyone prays to you in the kingdom for the next 30 days. And the king was on board.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, King Darius, when you heard, hey, let's uh, have everybody pray to you for 30 days, what was your initial thought and reaction?
1: Now, she here, I was a little caught off guard at first, to be honest with you, but... Once they settled in and told me why and decided it was a jolly good idea.
0: Wow, that's great. And so uh, then you made this decree uh, and said, hey, everybody has to pray to me for 30 days. But Daniel uh, decided, hey, I'm not going to do that. So Daniel, what did you do?
1: Listen here, I'm an older man by this point in the story. And I said, I'm going to continue to keep praying to my God, you young (laughs) whippersnapper.
0: So so you went home. As soon as you heard about this decree, uh, you went and knelt by the foot of your bed, um, presumably, uh, with the window that faced towards Jerusalem uh, wide open. And you decided that you would continue to pray. Is that right?
1: That's correct, Reverend Berkey. I, I decided that I've been praying to my Lord and God for so long,
0: I'm not going to stop now based on a new decree. Great, good. But the problem with that is that apparently it uh, was a trap. And so those uh, jealous boys were peeking through the window and decided, hey, what happened there? We got um. <laughs> yeah. You You were pumped that you found... Daniel praying uh, to God rather than the king, uh, Darius, instead. So what then did you do, jealous boys?
1: Yeah, we were like totally stoked. We went and told King Darius immediately. And King Darius said to us that we were, you know, a little bit of a tale, But after that, he said he was going to have to throw uh, Daniel into the lion's den.
0: So Daniel, you heard that the king was going to throw you into the lion's den. Uh, How did you uh, initially feel about that?
1: Well, I was in the middle of a nap, honestly, when they came and got me and they woke me up and said, it's lion time, buddy boy. (laughs) I was pretty surprised and chapped, as you can see by my hands pointed towards that group of young men.
0: Yeah. I am surprised you have such luscious brown hair at this age of your voice. The Lord has been good. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently. Yeah. So Darius, you got these jealous boys coming to you saying, hey, uh, we caught Daniel. Uh, He has not been praying to you. He's been praying to God. Uh, What is your initial thought on this? Now she, uh, Reverend Berkey,
1: I was a little bit perturbed to be honest with you. Because Daniel is one of my favorite people in the kingdom and they were telling me that I was going to have to throw him into the lion's den. And so what did you try to do? I tried anything that I could to get out of it, but it didn't end up working and I ended up having to follow through on the royal decree that he'd have to be
0: thrown into the den. And so you took Daniel and you threw him right into the lion's den, correct? Correct. That's correct, Reverend Barkey. You've got it on the nose. Thank you. (laughs) I've read the story. Uh, So, Daniel, you're in the middle of the lion's den. Lions around you. Tell me what happens there. Yeah, you
1: know, I I woke up again from another nap and I was thrown directly into the lion's den. And, And I said to myself, these are a couple of big cats in here. I wonder if they've had any lunch.
0: Okay, but all and then of a sudden, I, found out I was lunch. Oh no! But you ended up not being lunch, and why was that?
1: Well, I began to pray to my God, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the clouds
0: opened up, and an angel came The clouds down. in the den.
1: Yeah, it wow, was a, a cloudy den. day in the den.
0: Yeah, cloudy day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but an angel shows up. And yeah, what happens with correct. that angel?
1: And he closed the mouth of those tiny little cats, and they didn't have any lunch that day. Oh, they're on a fast, a Daniel fast, if you will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if if you were to uh, feed those cats lunch, what would you normally feed them? Uh, I think they're on Purina diet. Purina. Okay, interesting. I'm a big pizza guy myself. Have you ever tried it?
1: Uh, I don't think I've tried it, but I've heard that Purina has all the nutrients that
0: big cats need. Interesting. I haven't heard of that. And so Darius, all of a sudden, uh, you you go home, you can't sleep, you don't want any entertainment, you're perturbed, as some would say, uh, about this whole situation. You're not a fan that you had to throw Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, and so you come to the lion's den the next morning. You run to the lion's den uh, the next morning, and uh, what what goes on then?
1: Yeah, see, I did run, but as you can tell by my posture and the story here, I also had a very heavy chair to carry with me. (laughs) Yeah, well, you needed to sit down. So it took me a while to get over to the den that morning, but once I got over there, I opened up the door, and there was Daniel, right in the middle.
0: Yeah, alive, still or dead? He was alive. He said, hello. He said, hello. So Daniel, you're alive, the angel uh, sent by God, shut the lion's mouths, and you're good to go. Uh, Darius, how did you feel once you realized he was alive? What was your decree at that point?
1: I said, Daniel, your God was able to save you, and then I told him, get out of that lion's den right now. And then I made a decree to all the people, and I said, starting today, you must fear the God of Daniel, the true living God. He delivers his people from harm, and his kingdom shall never end.
0: Wow. Praise God for that. So, thank you. Can we say thank you for Darius and the various other people that came today? (laughs) Daniel, I hope you can find a nap. We have a Roots event coming on March 17th. We'd love to invite you to. Uh, I'd love to be there, you young whippersnapper. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be there. All right, thank you. So, as you can tell, uh, there's a lot that has happened in this story. There's a lot that went down, and uh, ultimately, we saw God's faithfulness in this story weaved throughout every single moment. I have a piece of scripture I'd like to read to you uh, before we really start. And it's James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now, we know the end of the story. We've read Daniel chapter 6. We've heard the story maybe in Sunday school before. We know that Daniel was blessed. But I wonder if Daniel at that moment would tell us in the middle of the lion's den before the angel shows up, I wonder if he would tell us he was blessed. I wonder if in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the tribulation, you would tell me that you were blessed. The reality is I don't know. Like probably not. I've gone through some things and I've experienced life and I can tell you that there has been times that I would not say that in the middle of the mess I was blessed. But this scripture tells us, "Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. You are blessed. Continue. Go forward." In this story, we see, again, like I said, faithfulness weaved throughout it. We see Daniel remaining faithful amid trial. We see God's faithfulness in rescuing his people. And then we see that faithfulness will ultimately bring glory to God. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. Lord, I pray that we would continue to put you first in all things. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who are faithful in a world that seems faithless. Lord, I pray that we would put you first. We love you, Lord, in your name. Amen. So the first thing that we learn from this story is that Daniel was faithful within the trial. The first thing that we need to understand and that we need to believe is that we need to be faithful amidst the trial. See, Daniel finds his faith under pressure. Daniel finds that there are people who are coming against him that maybe don't quite believe what he believes or believe in who he is or who his God is. Daniel finds his faith under pressure. These individuals, they don't They don't like Daniel, and it doesn't actually tell us why. You know, I I asked some questions to them just a few moments ago, but it doesn't really tell us why, so really, we're just speculating on why they don't like Daniel, why they wanted him in the lion's den. Maybe they are intimidated of him, intimidated of some of his political power, or perhaps they don't believe that his character or his integrity is as good as it's perceived to be but I genuinely believe that they're just jealous. I believe that they're like, why not me? Why can't I be the president of this area? Why can't I be that? I believe they were jealous. And jealousy has the ability to make us do some strange things and act in strange ways. In fact, I would say that jealousy and envy are the enemy of the soul. Scripture warns us of jealousy and envy time and time again, over and over again. It says that we're told jealousy is a fruit of the flesh according to Galatians chapter 5 verse 21. It's an antonym of love, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, a symptom of pride, 1 Timothy 6 verse 4, and a catalyst for conflict, James 3:16. And here, in this story, we see conflict rise up against Daniel. We see conflict rise up against his faith. But Daniel, he doesn't flinch. He doesn't flinch. He doesn't give up. He doesn't give in. He doesn't lose faith. He remains faithful. In fact, in uh, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree, the decree that everybody has to pray to Darius alone for 30 days, When he learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the window was open toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he'd give thanks to God just as he had always done. Daniel didn't give up. Daniel didn't go home and shut the blinds. He didn't hide his faith. He lived his faith with boldness. Perhaps, actually, I would say that Daniel knew Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, where it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For your Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Maybe Daniel already understood that scripture to the core in his heart. Do not be afraid. Listen, I I believe you need to hear this. Do not be afraid. Do not lose faith. Be strong. Be courageous. Your God goes with you. He has gone before you. Your God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. God is with you. In a world that seems so dark. In a world that seems like it's coming against our faith. God is with you. Don't lose faith. Daniel continued to pray as he had always done. Daniel continued to pray. It's not like, oh, Daniel heard about some things and was like, oh, I probably should pray. No, he continued to. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. My question to you this morning is simple. Is prayer a first response or a last resort? Like, evaluate your life. Evaluate your faith. Is prayer your first response or your last resort? I find it interesting that as soon as Daniel learned that the decree was made public, that it was published, Daniel decided to go home and pray. As he has always done, Daniel remained faithful within the trial. This decree was specifically trying to get him in trouble. And he continued to pray as He has always done. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe you're a lot more spiritual than me, and uh, that might be true, but there's times in my life where things have gone (laughs) awry. They've gone wrong, and I've decided I'm going to do my best to fix that situation. And I I continue to try and try and try and work and work on making right the situation that went wrong. And then when I... Feel like I can't make it work, I pray. And in those moments, I will tell you that prayer seemed to be my last resort and not my first response. I would love for us to change the way we think about our faith and maybe let it be your first response. Now, there's nothing wrong. I think the Lord honors those who try to make right the situation, but let's not put God last. Let's put God first. And then we learn that Daniel, he goes home, he, he gets caught. He gets caught defying the decree. He gets caught by these guys, and they bring this to Darius and they say, Caught him. But the thing that we start to learn in this portion of the scripture is that God is faithful in delivering his people. God will continue to be faithful in delivering his people. God is faithful in delivering you. I don't know what pit, what den you might be in, but God will be faithful. So, Daniel here is brought before Darius, and Darius uh, tries his best to make an appeal for Daniel. He tries his best to get away from having to throw him into the lion's den. He tries his best because he likes Daniel. But he can't really figure it out. He can't really go back on the decree that he published. And he ultimately has to throw Daniel into the lion's den. But I love verse 16. It says, So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. My question is, whom are you known for? Are you known for a God that is powerful, that is mighty, that is merciful and gracious, full of miracles? Are you known for whom he is in your life? I don't believe Darius was being facetious here when he says, may your God whom you serve rescue you. I don't believe he's facetious and is like, good luck, bud, get in there. I think Darius is actually like the God that you serve. I hope he rescues you. Because I believe Darius has seen some stuff. He's heard about Daniel. He's heard about the things that God has done in that area. He's heard about this God that Daniel serves. And so he's like, I like Daniel. I know his God is Powerful, and so I'm really hopeful that this pans out for you, bud, but see you later. Whom are you known for? Are you known for a God that is loving, gracious? Because it's easy in this world, in this day and age, to be known for something else as Christians. Because people have a presupposition of who God is. And so when we say we are Christians, they automatically, in in a lot of circles, think, ah, you're that kind of person, hey? My hope is that one day I would be known for who my God really is. So that when people look at me and say, James, I know that you serve a powerful and mighty God. Not necessarily a God of torment and judgment, as some think he is, but a God of power. So then Darius, he goes home. He goes home and it tells us in the scripture that he can't eat, uh, that he doesn't want any entertainment brought to him. He can't even sleep. He's probably tossing and turning all night. And Daniel is, uh, or Darius is hoping that Daniel would live. Uh, Darius has a glimmer of hope because of who uh, Daniel's God is. And he's just hopeful. And I wonder in these moments what Daniel is thinking. Like in this moments of, yeah, these guys come against him. They bring him to the king, say these things. I wonder if Daniel's like, oh, this ain't fair. This isn't the way it should be. Do you know who my God is? I've done nothing wrong. I wonder if he's like, yeah, all right, praise God. I know my God is good. I wonder what his thoughts are. I wonder if he's like, these people are coming against me. Like The odds are he knew these people. They are in power with him. The odds are that they were his cohort, his, his friends, his people. I wonder if he's like, what, really? Or if he was like, I know my God is good. I know there's nothing that I've done wrong. I wonder if he felt backstabbed. I wonder if he felt left out to dry. I'll be honest, like if it was me, I'd be pretty stressed out. I'm brought before the king and then the king's like, yeah, you're going in the lion's den. But I'd be pretty stressed out actually would venture to say that I would have a pity party in the bottom of the pit. <laughs> I would not be too stoked. I can't truthfully tell you that I would be completely praising God. I'd be praying, for sure. But I think it'd be my last resort, not my first response, if I was being honest. But Daniel is in this dark den this desolate place, this place that doesn't seem like it has a whole lot of hope. But I believe his focus was in the right place. His focus was on the Lord. His focus was on the grace of God. My question is, where's your focus? What are you focused on? I'm trying to work at getting better at retooling my focus because it's easy to focus on the world around us. It's easy to focus on this thing happening there or the snow falling over there. I'm trying to refocus and retool and focus on the Lord first and foremost. I bet Daniel was completely focused and he completely trusted God. Now I'd ask you, how many lights did you drive past to get to church this morning? Some of us are like, what? Uh, mm, uh, and you're starting to think about it. One, two. I can tell you I drove past four, but that's only because I counted uh, last night. <laughs> and I didn't drive here. I was just trying to figure it out in my mind. Four, you know? Some of us will have maybe an immediate answer because you're that kind of person, but most of us will have to think about it. One, two, left down Souk Road, right down Kelly. I don't know where you're driving if you did that direction. but But some of us might be able to say it, some of us may not. Here's the thing. If I asked you, hey, next week, come to church and tell me how many lights you passed on your way to church, you would say, okay, and you'd come to church and you'd come up to me and you'd be like, hey, James, I drove past six. Or if you're uh, Pastor Josh uh, or Tyson, you'd say, I went past zero because you live right there. Um, And so uh, some of us would be able to have a different focus, Same destination, different focus. Daniel was going into that pit. He was going into that lion's den, no matter what happened. And I wonder what his focus was. Same destination, he could have had a pity party. But I bet his focus was different. And so this week, you're going to be in your areas. You're going to be in your workplaces. You're going to be with clients or friends or coworkers. And, uh, and, and sometimes you might have a, a hectic week. Maybe you'll find yourself in the den, in the pit. My question is, where's your focus? This week, I'm hoping that you will have a different focus in the areas in which you find yourself, that you will focus on the Lord. That you will have a prayer life that is first, and not second. It's not the last resort, but it will be your first response. I drop Dallas off at school every day, and uh, on our way up, uh, we pray. And uh, I've learned that I have to pray in the truck because when if we get out of the vehicle, Dallas tries to cover my mouth. Um, We're working on it, (laughs) but we'll pray. And one of the things that we pray is, God, give us the eyes to see what you see. Like, help us focus on what you want us to focus on. Help us be focused after you. My hope is that you will have the eyes to see what God sees this week, that you will have his courage, that you will say, God, let me not lose focus in the midst of the trial. Give me the strength to remain faithful in the middle of the den. My hope for you this week is that we would learn that there is a God that loves you, cares about you. Because the, the fact of the matter is, most of the time when we see God move, it's within our faithfulness. If you want to see God move in your life, remain faithful. My favorite part of this story comes out of verse 22. And it says this my God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty Darius. And so what's happening here is Darius all of a sudden runs up to them and says, yells out into the the, Daniel, are, are, are you okay, man? And Daniel replies back, yeah, man, I'm good. God showed up, did some incredible things. Here's the thing. The same God that rescued Daniel is the same God who will rescue you. The same God whom Daniel serves is the same God who is here this morning. And so it's important for you to know that the same God that shut the mouth of the lions can shut the situation that you're finding yourself in. As we face trials, as we face difficulties, we can trust that God will always deliver us. May not always be in our time, though. God will deliver us in his time and in his way. I've found often in my life, I'm like, God, deliver me. Right here, this is how you should do it. These are the people that you should smite in the process and, uh, and then put me here. That's great. That's how you should work, God. I find myself doing that once in a while. But the reality is that God will save us, deliver us in his time. So stop focusing on my way and start focusing on Yahweh. Because God is good and his mercy it endures forever. So do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. There was a, a moment in our home, a few years, in uh, 2016, 2017, where I, um, I just, I wasn't who God created me to be. And uh, And I had a hard time loving my wife. I had a hard time loving the people around me. And I would tell you that I struggled with some major mental health issues. To the point where I thought it would be better for my wife if I left. And it would be better for my wife and my unborn child if I just moved away. And that was genuinely my plan for a few moments. And I eventually sought help, and I had a very gracious wife, a very gracious family, pastoral staff, that walked with me through a lot of my challenges, things that I was trying to figure out. There's this moment that I decided that I would uh, I would read the Bible. (laughs) And it's actually way harder to do when you doubt who he is. But I look back now and I just say, remain faithful in your doubts. Remain faithful in your trials. Remain faithful even when it's hard to. And I read this piece of scripture, this chapter, Psalm 22. And it starts off, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That's right. Where is he? I'm struggling here. Where are you, God? Why have you left me? And it says, why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day. But you do not answer by night. I find no rest. And I remember reading that and just being like, yeah, absolutely. But he continues in that scripture and he starts to acknowledge God. You're the God who has delivered other people. You're the God who has performed many miracles over there. You're the God who has done this here, that there. God, I know that you're powerful. And then he says, but me? I'm just a worm. I'm not even a man. Like, where are you? And then he continues to go on and he says, You know, though, God, I know that you were there in the beginning. I know that you actually have taken care of me. But ultimately, I feel forgotten, I feel unloved, I feel like I'm in pain. I feel like I'm in the pit. And then it takes a turn in verse 24. And I read it this way. He has never let me down. Never looked the other way when I felt like I was being kicked around. He never wandered off to do his own thing. He's been right here, Listening. Like, he starts the scripture saying, God, you have forsaken me. Where are you? To a point where he comes to, I may feel that way, but I know you're here. I know you won't forget me. I know you love me. So in the den with Daniel, God sent an angel to protect him. And I believe That God will never leave you nor forsake you. That the same God that saved Daniel is the same God that will walk with you. Sometimes it's tough. That is not our way. It's not our timing. But remain faithful amid the trial, amid the tribulation. Remain faithful. Because when you do, faithfulness, will always lead to God's glory. For when you are faithful in that den, for when you are faithful when you may not believe, for when you are faithful when you have your doubts, when you are faithful, the power of God will be made known. Amen. Our faithfulness needs to lead to God's glory. The story of Daniel and the lion's den ultimately is a story that brings honor to God. It's a story that brings glory to his power. So this morning I would tell you, let your pit be God's platform. Let your darkest moments Be his greatest lights. Let your test be his testimony of how great he is. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to sing a song that's fairly new to us, but it's on the radio if you listen to that. It's the same God. And it goes on and says, the same God that delivered these people, the same God that was powerful then is the same God that is powerful now. The same God of David, of Daniel, and all these people is the same God that you have the opportunity to worship. It's a song admitting that we need help, that we need God, that we need His power. And so we're going to have a few moments where we just sing this song. And if you are in this room and, and you feel like maybe you're in the bottom of the pit, maybe you feel like you're in that den, maybe you feel like it's dark, I would love for you to worship with me and sing the words, believe the words of this song. And hand over all things to him. Because you're not supposed to focus on that mountain. You're supposed to focus on the God who can move it. And after we sing this song, I'll come back and share a few thoughts. And then Darius decides to make another decree. In verse 26, it says, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And that God, that God, is the God that is with you. That God is the God that we just worshipped. That God is the God that will continue to be with you. So may your faithfulness to the Lord be a testimony of God's power, of God's grace, of God's might. Maybe you need to know that God the pastors would love to talk to you about love to show you that grace that might let me pray god we need you whether or not we're in the pit whether or not we're in the den in our highest moments and our lowest lows we will always need you So Lord, I pray that we would learn to put you first. you wouldn't be our last resort. Lord, I pray that you would show us how to be faithful as you have always been faithful to us. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Well, church, thank you for being with us this morning and braving the snow a laugh. May you have a great week and we have an event here tonight so we'd love for you to help us stack some chairs. <laughs> so uh, if you can, just put a chair on top of another chair. <laughs> we'll see you next week, church.